0: Several, several discourses, the Buddha hmm, remind us that uh, his teaching is only a device helping us to liberate ourselves. It's not, uh, his teaching is not uh, the absolute truth in order to worship, to fight, and to die for. He said that uh, history is like a raft helping you to the other shore. And uh, we should not um, uh, think that the raft is the shore itself. After you arrive, you don't need the raft anymore. And you should know that the raft is not the shore. You should not uh, worship the raft you have to make use of the raft. And he said also that uh, his teaching is like a, a finger pointing to the moon. And don't take the finger to be the moon. Attachment to the, the teaching, attachment to the view. Uh, in, with intelligence, we know that uh, The finger is only uh, a means uh, that will help us to see the moon. So it should not be caught by the finger. The Dharma of the Buddha is like that. So with that kind of insight, um, you are no no longer dogmatic. You never fight a war because of... uh, the dharma, and because of the the Buddha. So the three doors of liberation are are that kind of finger that we should uh, make use of, that kind of uh, raft that we should use in order to cross to the other shore, and not the philosophy not a notion that we have to hold like this all our life. And the teaching of the Three Doors of Liberation are common to all Buddhist schools. The Northern school, the Southern school, every school of Buddhism uh, have the teaching of the Three Doors of Liberation. When we find ourselves in uh, great difficulty, take one door out. Take one door, the liberation, and get out. But an understanding of the door is not enough. The practice is to have uh, real insight. It's like uh, the, the teaching of impermanence. We, we can all accept impermanence as uh, a characteristic of uh, everything. Things are impermanent. The flower is impermanent. It's changing. And in 10 days, it becomes a piece of uh, garbage and uh, this body is impermanent, one day it will disintegrate. Everything is impermanent, and that is uh, easy to understand. And our intellect has no difficulties in accepting that. But the idea of uh, impermanence, the notion of impermanence does not help us. uh, Really, if uh, we don't have the insight about impermanence, We know and we accept impermanence as its truth, but we still behave as if things are permanent. We think that we are going to last forever, and our beloved one is going to last forever. And that is why we still continue to walk up and down, trampling on the feelings of our beloved one. We don't do anything we can today in order to make him or her happy. We wait. And it may be too late to realize that. I have seen people who cry, who throw themselves to the ground because their beloved one just died. The grief is so big, so deep. And when I look deeply, I see that uh, the suffering came from the, comes from a lot from the feeling of uh, guilt. You suffer because of the feeling of guilt. You realize after her death, his death, that during her lifetime, his lifetime, you have made him or her suffer. You did not do what uh, you needed to do in order to make him or her happy. So re- you regret. You are full of uh, guilt. And you suffer. You throw yourself to the ground. You pull your, your hair. You beat your chest, But it's too late. Because during the time, she was still alive, he was still alive. We did not uh, experience the truth of uh, impermanence. If uh, we know if impermanence is uh, something, we, something we touch in our daily life, and then we could uh, have done anything we could in order to make her happy. We would not uh, hurt uh, him. Her feeling. So the insight of impermanence helps us to live in such a way that we do not regret, we will not regret later, and we can make happiness of uh, our beloved one right away. Suppose you are angry at her, at your beloved one, and you want to say something to punish her. or may you may even want to hit her. You suffer and you are going to make the other person suffer. And if you can touch the truth of uh, impermanence, you behave uh, differently. Close your eyes and visualize your beloved one and you 300 years from now. What will you become? what your beloved one will become. You need only one, two or three seconds in order to see, to touch the nature of impermanence in you and in her. And after you open your eyes, the only thing you want to do is to take her into your arms and to breathe deeply. Breathing in, I know that my beloved one is still alive. Breathing out, I am so happy. So the notion of impermanence, enough is not helpful. It is the insight of impermanence that can make you behave wisely so that you will not create suffering to you and to your beloved one. And that is why impermanence should not be a notion, should not be a philosophy. It should be a concentration, a somebody that you live concentrated. That uh, during the daytime you touch things, you get in touch with things, and you are able to see their nature of impermanence. And impermanence is not something negative. If uh, things are impermanent, are not impermanent, life would, would not be possible. If things are not uh, impermanent, your uh, little cannot grow up into a beautiful lady. If things are not impermanent, the plant of corn, the seed of corn you planted, will never become a plant of corn. So impermanence makes life possible. And if uh, it is uh, a dic- dictatorial regime, and if uh, things are permanent, then you suffer all your life because of that regime. So because things are impermanent, that is why there is a possibility to change, to heal, to transform. So we should not think of impermanence as a uh, pessimistic uh, note of music in life. And meditation on impermanence is very beneficial. Uh, There is one of you who wrote uh, a note, saying that you understand what is mindfulness, what is um, insight, but you don't know what is uh, uh, concentration. Concentration is uh, to focus your attention on one thing so that you can see deeply into the deep nature, the nature of that thing. Whether it is uh, your love, or your hate, your depression, or your fear. We have to concentrate, to be concentrated in order to to have enough power of the mind, to look deeply and to discover the, the true nature of what is there. And um, concentration can also mean uh, the guide offered by Buddha, like uh, the teaching on impermanence, the teaching on non-self. And if you focus your attention on that, you will discover the true nature of, uh, of things. And you get the insight of impermanence of no self that will be liberating. But the notion of uh, impermanence, the notion of non-self, cannot liberate you. Only the insight. And the insight you get only with uh, concentration. And that is why the um, the three doors of uh, liberation are also described as the three concentrations. And the first one is emptiness. Emptiness has to do with our suffering and our happiness. Emptiness is a door of liberation. You can get out of your suffering, of your difficult situation, through the door of emptiness. Emptiness does not mean non-existence, non-being. Look at this uh, cup, glass. The glass is empty. Other glass may be full. If I pour tea to this uh, level, it is will be full of tea. Now it is not full of tea, but it is full of uh, air. So. Empty means empty of something. This glass is empty of tea, yes, but it's not empty of air, full of air. So the intelligent question is to ask, empty of what? The Bodhisattva have why Teshvara while moving in the deep course of perfect understanding, Discover that everything is empty. Dear Mr. Bodhisattva, you say that everything is empty. I'd like to ask you, empty of what? Look into this flower. You see the flower is full of uh, everything. There's a cloud in the flower. We know that uh, when we touch the flower, we touch also the cloud within. We know very well that without clouds, there will be no rain, and flower cannot grow. If we remove uh, the element cloud from, from the flower, the flower will collapse. When we touch the flower, you see the sunshine. It's wonderful to touch the sun without burning your finger. But if the sunshine is not there, no vegetation can, can grow. So looking deeply, you see the cloud, the sun in it. You see the rain, you see the earth, you see the minerals, you see the, the gardener, you see everything in it. Time, space, consciousness, everything. So the flower is truly full of the cosmos. And why the Bodhisattva Avalokita said the flower is empty? Please explain, Bodhisattva. In fact, we are like a flower. We are full of, the, of everything in the cosmos. We have a, a lot of clouds inside. Every time I drink my tea, I am bringing more cloud into myself. Drinking mindfully can help me see that uh, I'm drinking my tea, I'm drinking my, my cloud. The Bodhisattva would say that, uh, of course, I agree with you that the flower is full of everything. There is only one thing that is not in it, and that is a separate uh, existence, a separate self. A flower is made only of non flower elements, and sunshine is a non flower element. The soil is not uh, the flower but it is a, a non-flower element that help the flower to manifest the rain the cloud are non-flower elements that we can see when we look deeply at uh, the flower so it's true that uh, a flower is made of non-flower elements and it is full of these uh, non-flower elements if we send back the sun uh, the light to the sun, if you send back the water to the cloud, well, a flower cannot be there anymore. So the fact is that the flower is the sun, the flower is the cloud, the flower is the soil, and that is why we need a new verb, new verb in a dictionary, into inter-be, being being a sun, a flower cannot be by herself alone. A flower has to interbe with everything else in the cosmos. The flower has to interbe with the cloud. The flower has to interbe with the sunshine. And to be means to interbe. And when we touch the truth of interbeing, our tendency of discrimination will vanish. I inter-Am with you, we inter-Are, He inter-Is with all of us. So the flower is full of everything except one thing, a separate self, a separate existence, and that is uh, the teaching of Buddha, the teaching of no-self. No-self does not mean that the, the flower is not there. The flower is there. But in order for the cup to be full or to be empty, the cup has to be there. So we should not cons- uh, be confused. We should not think that emptiness is non non-exist- existence. The other day, we talked about the rain falling. And uh, we saw that uh, if it were not falling, it's not the rain at all. Yes, you cannot uh, imagine the rain that is not falling, ready to to fall. That does not exist. The falling is the rain itself. raining is falling. There is no rain uh, behind performing the raining below. The wind blows. It's funny, because if it is not blowing, it's not the wind at all. So the wind is enough. You don't need to, to say the wind blows. When you observe a colony of insects, you see the individual insects hundreds of them. And they behave uh, truly as an organism. There is a harmony. We have the feeling that uh, there is harmony, there is a uh, unity. But looking deeply, we don't see a leader of uh, the colony of the insect. We feel like there is a self, a command in chief. But there is, not, there is nothing like that in the colony of insects. And neuroscientists in our time, when they look at the brain, they see exactly the same thing. They are neurons communicating with each other. They come together They synchronize, and suddenly, we have the feeling, we have uh, the thinking, we have the perception. There is no neuron that plays the role of the king, the queen, or the president. And all the cells in our body operate the same. We have uh, individual cells. Uh, all the millions of the cells in our body operate like that. There is no leader. There is no cell that, that, uh, that can be described as a leader. Every cell stay in its position. And do and does what it is needed, in order to bring out uh, harmony, well-being to the body. If communication is good, if the harmony is good, there is well-being. If the communication is poor, and then there will be ill-being in the body. And scientists of our time have discovered the truth of no self. Intellectually, uh, we should um, transform that uh, that uh, truth of no self into our into a kind of um, concentration, insight, an empty being, empty first of all means of a separate existence, of a separate self. When we look into our person, we see the many uh, elements. Our form, our feelings, our perceptions, our mental formations and our consciousness, they are operating together and they enter our In the realm of uh, neuroscience, they still uh, they still think that about uh, the question of uh, whether the brain and the mind are one thing or two separate things. And a number of scientists think believe that the consciousness emerge from the brain. In the light of uh, interbeing, in the light of uh, emptiness, everything relies on everything else in order to manifest. Everything relies on everything else in order to manifest. mind has to rely on body to manifest. And body has to rely on mind in order to be a living body to manifest. And when the observer is there, she will notice that sometimes the same thing appears as body, sometimes she appears as mind it's like the wave and particle duality. The same thing. But when scientists uh, observe, the same thing sometimes manifests as a wave, and sometimes else they manifest as a particle. And there was a time when scientists were confused. They didn't know what, how to call that a wave or a particle. Finally, they found a word, a waveical. go. And the same, the same reality manifests itself sometimes as a wave, sometimes as a particle. It depends on our way of looking, on our way of uh, asking the question, Observing. Uh, in the Buddhist tradition, practicing looking in the direction of uh, interbeing, interdependent origination, we discover that everything relies on everything else in order to manifest. And uh, mind and body cannot be two different separatings mind is not possible without body and body is not possible without mind so it is safe to say that mind and body into are they are different expression of the same reality and if scientists uh, Touch that reality, they will save a lot of time. <laughs> sunyata, sunyata is the Sanskrit word means emptiness. When the father looks at her son, her daughter, his, daughter, his son, his daughter, deeply, you see that his son is uh, his continuation. And he is in his son. And his son is in him. When the son looks into himself, he can see that he carries his father in him. And when he looks at his father, he can see himself in the father. When we plant a seed of corn in damp soil, we expect the seed of corn to become a plant of corn. Ten days later, we don't see the seed of corn any, anymore. Instead, we see a young uh, plant of corn. And looking deeply into the young plant of corn, we can see the seed of corn. The seed of corn has not died has not exactly died. It has become the plant of corn. And with some illusions, when we look at the plant of corn, we can still see the seed of corn. So it is possible to look at the sun and to see the Father. The, The sun is full of Father, of his Father inside. And there are young people who get mad of their father and who uh, who can make a very funny statement. I don't want to have anything to do with him. How is, how is it possible? <laughs> you are the continuation of your father. You are your father. How can you take your father out of you? So there is no uncertainty. Make peace with your father within, and then you make peace with your father outside. And that is why um, interbeing, emptiness, is a door of uh, salvation, of uh, liberation. When you look deeply, you see that you're You are your father. You are the continuation of your father. And you may do, but you realize, you may realize what your father has not been able to do. You can transform what your father has not been able to transform. And you do it for your father and your ancestors. That way, you touch the the truth of interbeing. You you touch the truth of no-self you touch the truth of emptiness. Emptiness is, first of all, em- the emptiness, the, the the non-existence of a separate entity. The stitching on sunyata, emptiness is very deep. And when we touch clearly, the truth of emptiness, it transcends all fear, all discrimination, all suffering. If we can manage so that we be less um, busy in our daily life, we have time in order to practice deeply, in order to touch the truth of uh, emptiness. The insight of impermanence the insight of no self will lead to the insight of interbeing of emptiness. And the utmost kind of uh, suffering and grief uh, can be uh, transformed with the insight of emptiness. But remember, emptiness is a device, is a finger pointing to the moon. It is an instrument that you can work with in order to get insight, and not something you should worship as a doctrine, a dogma, something that you have to kill or die for. Suppose uh, I strike a match. What I want is a flame. But in order to get the flame, I have to make use of the match. So the teaching of uh, emptiness, the teaching of impermanence is like the match. It can help me bring the insight of impermanence and of uh, interbeing. I should not consider this match as the fire, the flame. I'm skillful enough to make use of uh, the match in order to produce the fire. The fire is what I need for my liberation, for my well-being. What I need is the insight and not a teaching, not a a concept. And once I make use, I make good good use of uh, the teaching, I produce the insight. And as the flame of insight manifests, she will consume, she will remove the notion. So if you are caught by the notion of impermanence, of no-self, of uh, emptiness, you don't profit anything from the Buddha's teaching. You have to skillfully make use of that teaching in order to produce the insight. It is the insight that can liberate, that can get you out of the suffering, and not the the notion, even the notion of emptiness, the notion of uh, impermanence, the notion of uh, no-self. A true Buddhist can never be dogmatic. A true Buddhist can never be fanatical, Because he remembers, she remembers, that the Dharma is only the raft helping us to cross to the other shore, the finger pointing to the moon, and not the absolute truth to fight, to kill, and to die for. Tolerance non-attachment to views the essential uh, teaching of the buddha non-attachment to view even the view of impermanence even the view of no self even even the view of uh, emptiness this is called uh, in buddhism the roar of uh, of the lion. Emptiness. It is a door of liberation. It is a practice of concentration. You live your daily life in such a way that helps you to touch the nature of emptiness of everything, including yourself, including your beloved one. When you touch the flower, you touch deeply uh, the nature of emptiness, the nature of interbeing. When father and son look at each other and discover their true nature of emptiness, they are no longer angry at each other. They see themselves as interbeing. Non-discrimination become possible, and peace, joy, harmony become possible. So if uh, the father is angry at uh, his uh, son, if the mother is angry at her daughter, Emptiness may be the door by which they can get out. Emptiness of a separate self. You into are The suffering of the other person is your own suffering. The happiness of the other person is your own happiness.